You are listening to the Intentional Leaders Podcast with Cindy Wetland. This is episode 15, Delegation. Hi, I'm Cindy, an educator, certified coach, and passionate learner on all things leadership related. It seems like just yesterday I was fresh out of grad school, wanting to make my way in the world, longing to make a difference to people, to team, to the business. Little did I know how challenging it would be. Fast forward several decades later, I've made a career of leading while teaching and coaching thousands of leaders to be at their best, most effective selves. Along this journey, I've captured so many insights, lessons, and techniques on how leaders become amazing, and also, as leaders, when we get it wrong. I'll share them all right here. Because I founded Intentional Leaders to provide easy access to these kinds of lessons and equally important to help you build the presence, confidence, and credibility you need to be the leader that everybody wants to work for. Because I know leadership has its challenges, but learning to lead shouldn't be one of them. So I went on this offsite planning meeting with one of my remote employees. This was many, many years ago when most employees weren't remote, but we had some really awesome ones. So I traveled down to Chicago for an offsite meeting and we had a really lot to cover and I was really excited about the discussion. And typically this employee was super engaging and very high, uh, high animation and energy. Early on in the meeting, her disposition seemed to shift and it was increasingly and uncharacteristically quiet. So I, of course, grew progressively uncomfortable. I wasn't sure what I'd done or said that caused the shift in her energy. What I wanted was to ask her to take on the leadership of an important, highly visible, and highly political project. She was already part of the team, but I wanted her to lead it. But now I was kind of nervous about asking. I thought, well, is this the right timing? What if she said no? And I wondered just what was going on. So I trudged forward because I was there. She was shocked at the request. She was so sure that I was going to take her off the project. And she was even more sure that I was going to keep the ownership and the leadership for myself. Thus, her demeanor changed. She was preparing herself for the worst, for a disagreement, and to try to change my mind. I'm thankful that the misalignment of expectations resulted in a great conversation, and it ended up to be a really great discussion on on growth and her excitement over this change and challenge and the opportunity to contribute at a higher level. She was beyond thrilled. However, this whole conversation kept rattling in my mind. And as I drove home, I really pondered her perspective because I thought, what in the world? What caused her to think that I would keep the project or take her off of it. Was I really that greedy about these types of projects, thinking that I was the only one that could do them or feeling like I should do them, feeling guilty for engaging other people and wondering, would they do as good of a job as I could do? I do know at the time I worked night and day, weekends tirelessly, and I was building my career and my reputation. And I had a strong work ethic anyway. I guess I really didn't consider delegation as a strategy until then. And I realized I needed to change because all of my work ethic and my focus on getting things done did not allow others to learn and grow. 
because delegation is critical for two key reasons. One is, of course, talent development. Without those new opportunities or stretch assignments or special projects, how the heck are other people going to really grow in their job? And because mastery is so important, it's so engaging, and also autonomy, that freedom to learn is so motivating. We as leaders have to provide it. In fact, it's our role, our responsibility to do so. And what of us as leaders? How can we continue to add value strategically if we don't let go of some of what we're doing? Because I don't know anybody that has said any time recently that things are being taken off their plate. It's really a matter of continuing to add to that plate. The plate has become a platter. The platter has become ginormous. And we're all scrambling, trying to figure out how to get things done. So why don't we? Why don't we delegate? This seems like such an easy thing to say, but it's hard to do. And I know because I've heard it all before. And frankly, I think I've said it all before. One, it takes too much time. I might as well just do it myself. Or what if they don't do do it right. What if I have to redo it? That's just going to take more time and more energy. There's the, I don't have anyone to delegate it to. Or maybe you feel guilty. Everyone else around you, again, is stretched to their limit. And so you feel guilty giving them even more. At the end of the day, though, we have to be really cognizant of our thinking and understand that a lot of these are Well, let's just say what they are, their excuses or their fears, but we carefully craft them into reasons and then we believe them, or at least we say them continuous. How do we mitigate all those things? We really have to open up our minds. And I think opening up our minds and delegating strategically and effectively takes some thought. So here are four steps to thinking a little bit differently about delegation. And the reason that it's thinking differently is because I think it helps to spend some designated time thinking (laughs) about it. Like, oh, okay, let's just step back. And, And number one is starting with, if you even say three responsibilities that you could delegate. And I don't mean like little piddly things (laughs) that you just don't like to do or that someone could check them quickly off the list, but areas that if you weren't doing these things, that you might be able to use your time in a more value-added area and someone else could grow from that. Number two is considering your resources. And I don't necessarily mean that these have to be your direct reports, although if you have some, that's a good talent strategy, of course. But it could be your peers who want to grow or your boss or people outside your department that are aligned with the work that you do and that may benefit from some cross-training. Sometimes we have to think really open-mindedly about resources and about who might be available, willing, and actually excited to take on something new. The third step then is, of course, to align the responsibilities that we identified in step one to the resources we have in step two. I think considering the current capabilities of people that we might delegate to, but more importantly, the growth potential is important. What I mean by that is I used to delegate a lot to the people that I had the most confidence in. That means they were probably the most motivated, they were the most high-performing, and they were already growing in their role. So sometimes we have to look at the people that we wouldn't necessarily delegate to because they have the biggest growth potential. Is that going to require a little bit more support and communication up front or throughout the delegated responsibility? You bet it is. But just think about the impact that that could make with someone who needs that growth opportunity. And even if someone isn't super 
giddy with excitement about it because we may give someone an assignment and they may already be at capacity or they may fear the change associated with responsibility. It doesn't mean that we don't move forward with the discussion and really understand where that person is coming from. And I remember conversations like that too, with people who are hesitant to take on a task under further reflection and through questioning, I was able to uncover the reasons why. And then we were able to move forward and help that person to go forward, being more aligned and motivated. And then number four is that creating of buy-in and that commitment. It means engaging in that kind of discussion about the responsibility, the expectations, but also the plans and the boundaries. Because if we fear that something isn't going to be done to our expectations or satisfaction, we have to set out those expectations right at the get-go and also create clear expectations and boundaries about authority, decision-making, and all those areas that are so important to someone's success. Delegation is something that so many managers that I work with struggle with. The letting go of power and the giving of responsibility out of either fear or guilt. To do this requires a commitment. What the heck? You can do it now or wait well, actually wait till you get back at your desk, but four steps. And I bet if you took 20 minutes, downloaded the delegation action plan that's attached to this podcast and put some really open-minded thought into this, you could at least assign one responsibility to someone who would be thrilled to take it on. That gives you the opportunity to grow in a new area, to add value in a different way, to be more strategic, and to change your growth trajectory as well. Management guru John Maxwell said, if you want to do a few small things right, do them yourself. If you want to do great things and make a big impact, learn to delegate. So let's all go and do great things. Thanks for tuning into this episode. The last few episodes, we've been really looking at engaging others in work, whether it be through collaboration or empowerment or delegation. Tune in next episode where we're going to focus on one critical skill that is an essential tool in your leadership toolbox.